the shared experience. It's a part of our makeup, whether we know it or not. What can we take from it? That's the question on today's episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast, where we spend some time finding gratitude for the things around us, or maybe even gratitude for the things that aren't around us. It could be a movie that we're grateful for, a particular scene. It could be some meal that we love to have every couple of months. Whatever the case may be, there has to be some way for us to find gratitude for the things that surround us in our lives. And this is what this podcast is really about. It's about trying to find amongst the regular things that we deal with in our lives to find things to be grateful for. And I would say that under normal circumstances, I would be grateful for weather, but I can't find one damn good thing to say about the weather. And my wife and I shared this with each other today. I I stared outside after shoveling. I went back in, did some work, came back upstairs, and she was still staring outside. And she said, you know, I'm just having trouble finding something to be grateful for about weather because I'm so tired of it. I want it to end. And I said to her, you know, I feel exactly the way you do. And I'm just going to initiate a countdown where I find a way, little glimmers of hope. And I know there are little glimmers of hope because earlier today, it was a little after 530, 540, and there was still some light out. So that's something to be grateful for. But this is one of the things that we struggle with, her and I, and I think a lot of people do who are living together, kind of cooped up together, and continuing during this pandemic to find these little ways to find gratitude. I know after this podcast is over, I'm going to have some gingerbread cookies staring me in the face. So that's a positive. And the other positive, which is the bigger positive today, is that last week we hit 60 episodes of the Gratitude Journal podcast. And it was amazing to me that I've never had a guest on the podcast. And I thought a lot about who I would have as a guest for the Gratitude Journal podcast. And certainly several people who have probably written books probably have their own podcasts and are doing quite well, better than me. There could have been a lot of people who would have made the podcast in the inaugural episode, The Maiden Voyage. But I really thought that it might be nice to hear from someone who really is in a lot of ways in the same boat as I am who shares a lot of similar things, who comes from some similar background. And I thought it might be nice to chime in on a person who I'm, I admire, uh, a person who I have you know, long been uh, a friend of and who has shared with me 
you know, various things involving our career and certainly the things that we share on an everyday basis. And Steve Kelly has been that kind of friend to me. And I regard him with a large amount of respect, mainly because I think we share a commonality right off the bat in that uh, we do what we do not as a side business, right, Steve? I mean, we share that because a lot of people do the things we do, and we'll get into some of the uh, intricacies of what it is you do. And I think that a lot of the things that that people do in in a similar fashion, a lot of people do it sort of as a part-time thing. They do it as a side thing. And for you and I, we wake up every day earning a living doing what we do. So before we go into all the the intricate details, I want to say welcome to the Gratitude Journal podcast. Wow, Matt, thank you uh, for the honor of, first of all, being the first guest. I I had no idea, but I listen. I've been a big fan of uh, the Gratitude Journal for a long time. Uh, Usually I'm out walking, uh, getting some exercise with my AirPods in, listening to you, and you always inspire me. Um, Yeah, we we do the similar uh, things each day. Uh, with our jobs of uh, voicing, uh, whether it's radio commercials or uh, whatever we do on any given day, I'm in my little cubicle right now, like you call the basement lair. I guess mine's the upstairs bedroom lair, which has been converted into a studio. So very honored and very uh, grateful to uh, to be here and uh, to do what I do, just like you do. Well, I uh, have often said to myself that the people who uh, strive to make a living and to find value and gratitude doing that, I think it's really a challenge because I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I've always felt like there are a lot of ways to make money. I mean, there's certainly ways that you could pay the bills. And I've ne- I've always been one of these persons who knew early on what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be behind a microphone, and I got a chance to do that. And But I also realized that I just wanted to have a way to do a job that gave me purpose and value. And I knew early on that it just simply wasn't enough for me to work nine to five. I don't know if that was the case for you, but uh, when you decided to do what it is you do, how did you come to the realization that you had emerged and that you were doing what you were kind of meant to do? Well, Matt, I'm fortunate that I've been able to continue to do radio for 40 plus years now. And uh, I have actually done it at uh, multiple stations in different areas and have had a lot of uh, commuting time over the years. When uh, it came along, the technology caught up with being able to what we call voice track in this business. I had a station in North Carolina bring me on to do a show and that was about 2007 or 2008. And uh, since then, I've grown that to about 10 stations now. And after a while, it became actually more difficult to go in and work at the radio station every day. And then 
come home to my studio and try to do all of this other work. So it, it almost became a challenge to me. And, and I guess the one factor that pushed me over the edge was uh, when the pandemic hit and uh, people started hunkering down at home. I thought to myself, this is the time to make that jump to uh, do work in my studio every day. And thus, that's how I've come to be here in my, my little cube each day. For the people who may not completely understand what the whole voice tracking thing is, you are basically being a radio host from an alternate area, and then you are taking those pre-recorded sounds, and you're uploading those to your clients, and then they're putting them in their systems so that it makes it appear as though you are doing a live show in other areas of the country, correct? That is absolutely correct. And I guess when you say it like that, it makes me think that there's a lot of trust in the uh, radio stations because, you know, I just log in or VPN to uh, their site and uh, do my drop in of my breaks and then log out and move on to the next station. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of trust there of what I'm saying. I'm, you know, they're putting their license in my hands basically each and every day. So when you decided that you were going to go into business for yourself, was it a ch- was it a choice? Was it because you made a conscious decision or was it a result of something that made you have to turn in another direction in order to survive? That's a great question. Um, I think it was kind of a combination of all of those. I was... Uh, putting in long hours, you know, in the radio stations. And in this particular case, uh, my most recent one, I was doing mornings. So I was getting up before the crack of dawn, going in, working until 12.30, 1 o'clock, and then rushing home to uh, get my shows done for my other stations for the afternoon because you usually try to make it as current as possible. I know a lot of people think, well, we're recording these breaks two weeks ahead of time and stuff like that. That's not the case at all. You're very conscientious about trying to be as local and timely uh, with weather and things like that, that you can. So you try to be as close to real time as you can on these, or at least I do. And so it was getting to become, you know, each day was like a 12 or 13 hour day and they were all running together. So then the pandemic hit and people started working from home. And in the past couple of years, a lot of radio stations have downsized and it became almost a natural, the service that I offer, uh, you know, I didn't look at it as I was taking anybody's job away. I was just offering them an alternative to help them streamline their uh, budget and so forth. So it, it was kind of a combination of both, I guess, to answer your question. And it just became a natural that the time was right to, uh, to do this full-time from here. Being that you and I are essentially broadcasters, is there one thing that you could pinpoint that you would say, I'm particularly grateful for choosing to be a broadcaster? 
<laughs> that's uh, that's a questionable one. I guess which day of the week you ask me that question, but overall, I'm very blessed to be able to do this and you know make a living at it. Uh, because it is truly what I love to do and what I have a passion for. And I know you are in that same situation. We we talk extensively about this. You know, we could be out there doing other things in the working world, but we are able to do what we like because it's creative. You get to uh, get to use your mind and, and create each and every day and put your talents to work. So it is, you know, it's such a great uh, thing to be able to do what you love because I really feel like even though you know, the days are, are fairly long that I never work a day in my life, if that makes sense. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I've come across people throughout my career who have been involved in the broadcast industry. And it could be the broadcast industry from the standpoint of being on the air in real time. It could be a part of the broadcast industry where it's pre-recorded. It could be someone who is actually who are trying to get other people to sell uh, products and it really could be a variety of people who for, for whatever shape or form, they are a part of this broadcast industry. And I wonder, it's almost like there's a bloodline that you can never get away from. It's almost like I've heard people say, yeah, I, I went ahead and did something outside of being in the broadcast industry, but for whatever it was, even if it was something that I was earning more money, it seemed like I always wanted to go back to being a broadcaster. Like it was in my blood. What is it that makes people just want to continue to be a part of this industry? Another great question. And uh, I think. The best way I can answer that is I stepped outside of uh, the realm, kind of forced out actually. A few years back, I was downsized out of uh, a job in radio and uh, had made me kind of think this is the first time in 30 plus years that I have not been full-time employee of a radio station. So I actually took a job as a uh, law enforcement dispatcher with our sheriff's office and, you know, thinking, ah, this is talking into a microphone. This is going to be a piece of cake. That, that job almost killed me. I, I mean, literally, I did it for like six months. And the things that you deal with in that position, things can go from zero to a thousand miles an hour in, in 20 seconds. And you never know what's on the next phone call. I did it until I just decided that life's too short. I cannot do this. I'm not cut out for this. And don't get me wrong. The people that work there that have done it for many years and do it really well are incredible. That's a special breed of person, but I realized it was not me. So after that, I stepped back and that was another factor, I guess, that uh, forced me to uh, working on my own here from home. After doing that, I, I had a greater appreciation of how much I had that radio bug and this was the field that I was supposed to be doing. And so maybe sometimes it's good to get that perspective, stepping out of it and then realizing how grateful you are to have this type of career that you love so much. One of the things that I struggle with and have struggled with over the years off and on is the whole theory of regret. Do you have any regrets 
that's a great question too. I was at my one of my first radio stations, and I got into a great comfort zone, and I was there for 27 years. I didn't want to move around because radios kind of were known as uh, you know gypsies and nomads and moving around the country and packing up our family, as this song says, you know, town to town, up and down the dial. And I just didn't want to do that to my boys. So I anchored here at this one station. I stayed there for 27 years before I left and moved on to a bigger market. And at that point, I was already in my 40s. So I guess if there was any regret that I didn't make that move sooner because it taught me so much about myself and I grew so much as a person by changing just simply from one station to another and, you know, doing something different. It's good for the any person to learn that about themselves. So it's somewhat of a regret, but not a regret when I look at what I did for my family. But since that time of moving on, I've learned a lot about myself. I know that being a person who is an entrepreneur and trying to keep a business alive, trying to survive, trying to do quality, and at the same time, trying to reach out and to find new people, new clients, it's a challenge. It's a catch-22 in a way. When you operate your business, what puts you ahead of a client who also has a choice to find somebody else who does what you do? I think the uh, the real answer is being yourself and, and being true and, and being dedicated. I, I, I like to think that it shows with any of the people that I work for uh, my love for the industry, my love for what I'm doing. And uh, I may not have the greatest voice or the most talent out there, but I'm very loyal to every station I'm with and every company I'm doing work for. And uh, I guess that would be the the real answer is that, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuine and uh, I'm going to give you 120% every day, no matter what. We all have experienced a lot of situations since the pandemic. And I'm wondering, we also have talked before as friends about some of the health issues that both of us have, have confronted, especially during the pandemic. Where have you found strength? Where have you found a way to push yourself so that you continue to be uh, healthy and continue to make sure that you uh, and you and both your wife uh, have been able to to stay healthy so that you continue to do what you need to do and at the same time to make sure that you have put yourself in a position to continue to keep your business afloat. You know, it's important to, uh, in this time of our world, to keep your distance and, you know, wash your hands and all of the stuff that we've been taught over the past year that seems so 
surreal to our world, uh, you know, of this time last year. So in that situation, both you and I, I know we've talked about this. We feel fortunate that we've been able to spend most of our time isolated, if you will, also be able to be more with our wives to help them. We're, we're in similar situations there. So that is a, that is a true blessing. I think. I wonder if we have arrived at a place in our lives where we're too young to retire and we're too old to take, for a lot of people, we're probably too old to do a complete 360 and move into another arena. How do you find a way to continue to do and offer what it is you do and at the same time know that we can't hang it up yet and we still have to continue to not just make a living but do what we do at a hundred percent and knowing that it's very competitive for us how is it that you wake up every day and you say to yourself, I'm going to continue to walk through the gunk and continue to be a positive influence to the people who put their trust in me. Well, God willing, I can keep my health and I can keep my voice and, and keep doing what I'm doing. Retirement is not really even a word that has ever been on my radar because I can't imagine going through life not doing something related to this, whether that be the individual shows per station, audiobook narration, which I've dabbled in, um, whether that be a you know voiceover commercial type uh, work. It's just too much of who I am and what I do, and I don't think I would survive without it. So I, I pray that I can continue doing it as long as, you know, I'm physically able to uh, sit here and talk into the microphone. So I know a lot of people are counting down the uh, days until they can retire. And, you know, I've been X amount of years in this job. And so I'm marked the state on the calendar. I've never looked at it that way. I, I, I thrive. I get up each morning and I'm so excited to uh, be able to get in my studio and, you know, to uh, do what I do. And, and again, Lord willing, I can keep doing it for a long time. What has the pandemic taught you about gratitude? Is there anything that you can say right off the top of your head that this pandemic has taught you to be grateful for? Absolutely, without a doubt, to uh, be able to step away from going into uh, work and a large group of people. It's been the uh, cherry on top of the... Uh, Sunday that the timing worked out that I made this my decision. I, I think I'm grateful that it, it's almost like it decided for me that this was the path I should veer onto and, you know, don't look back. I'm also do a lot of uh, mobile DJ work and I was looking to step away from that. And while the pandemic kind of shut the uh, calls down for that because people couldn't get together and do events but my phone since the beginning of this year has been ringing off the hook and I'm kind of at a point where I've got to reassess. Do I continue doing that and lugging the equipment around as long as I can? 
because the phone keeps ringing. So that one is one that physically is a little more demanding than what I'm doing here in the studio, sitting in front of the microphone. But I think that I'm not going to retire like I had thought with that uh, type of work either. Again, showing me that I still have that desire to get out there and that's a little different. You're in front of a room of people and you're, you know, you're the MC, the ringmaster, and they're counting on you to make the event happen. That's kind of special too. And so, I, I, like I say, I'm just really, really lucky to be able to do all these different types of things and be involved and, and wanted by people to do it. Uh, who could ask for anything more, I guess? My last question to you, I started this out by talking about the shared experience. Do you think that your life experience has allowed you to be more cognizant of the close circle of people around you that you share something unique in your world? Or do you find yourself as you progress through life and, in, and you're in the sort of the, the, the downside of your career, do you feel that uh, you are separate from that close circle of people? Do they continue to influence you or is it the opposite? It's funny because uh, obviously visiting with friends, going out to dinners and getting together for uh, Saturday brunches or whatever has been far and few between. But a great example would be uh, the friendship with you this past year has grown leaps and bounds because if anything, we are both kind of living in, uh, you know, parallel worlds and doing the same thing and uh, having the same situations in our life. And so, you know, I'm thoroughly grateful for situations like uh, yours where I've been able to, uh, you know, grow that friendship. But there's something about not being able to be hands, you know, face to face, hands on friends, if you will, uh, with somebody because you can't get together because you have to keep your distance. Um, you know, there's never been anything like this in our whole world. It's changed everything. I guess the uh, the real interesting part will be coming out of this for people, not only in our industry, but everywhere. Are we all going to be more distant from each other moving forward? Uh, will everything be that word remotely like it has been over the past year? You know, these are things that are going to be really telling I know a lot of people really miss that uh, human contact. Fortunately, I've said this before, think back to 1918 when they had the uh, flu pandemic. They didn't have any of the technology that we have today, so it had to be really, really difficult. I mean, we were really lucky to be living during a time like this where you can do Zoom meetings and I can see videos of my grandson and, you know, you can connect up with people that way. It's not the same, but it's, it's something to be very thankful for. Well, um, Steve, I want to thank you for being uh, the first guest on the Gratitude Journal podcast. I, I really feel like it's been an extremely challenging year to be grateful. I really feel, though, that digging deep, as you say, and finding a new way to make our everyday life have more meaning, I think can only be 
a good thing. And while I know that I may not realize all of that at once, I, I do feel in the end that this act of finding gratitude for even small things, I think, can only make us better from a spiritual perspective, make us better from a mental perspective. It's certainly in the case of my wife's Alzheimer's, it makes it better from just an overall relationship perspective. And I think our quest to find things to be grateful for can only be a better thing for us. And I I really want to thank you for chiming in and sharing your thoughts and and I want to wish you the best of luck, certainly for what you do for a living, but also I can't wait till we can sit across a table and have a cup of coffee and just continue this journey vaccine free. Matt, I'm I'm more than honored to have been asked to be on the podcast. As uh, like I say, I've become a huge fan. I think you have an amazing talent to uh, sit down and talk for a half hour uh, by yourself for the most part and and let people into your world and understand what you're thankful for. That has uh, that has helped me more than you know over the past year. And, uh, you know, I look forward every week to the newest episode of uh, the Gratitude Journal to, uh, to come out so I can listen to it. Uh, like I say, it's usually when I'm out walking and it's perfect to uh, to listen to while you're while you're doing what you're doing with your world. Well, thanks for that, Steve. I appreciate it. And hopefully uh, when I upload this podcast, I can include in the notation uh, on Podbean and maybe include a couple of radio stations uh, where you're at. So maybe people who download, we, I know we have two new listeners from Australia. Uh, maybe they would, be, they would be interested in maybe tuning in and finding you know, ways to listen to some of your shows, if you wouldn't mind. I would be honored. That would be, that would be fantastic. And uh, I hope that... Uh, down the road, I could be a guest again because uh, you and I can always talk for endless amounts of time, and I know you're limited on the uh, the uh, time for the podcast. So I hope we can do this again sometime soon. I would love I would love to have you. Thanks again for being a part of things, and for everyone else, please. I hope that you have a chance to subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on any uh, platform where you download content. And you can also go to the Podbean website, and we have links to all of that as well. So thanks again for being a part of the Gratitude Journal podcast, and we'll look forward to uploading more content so that we can all find ways, even small ways, to find gratitude for those things. And again, thank you for tuning in and downloading another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast.